Hello, everybody. Welcome to Basement Sports Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, Basement Sports Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Muddy Waters Oyster Bar. Yes, everybody. Muddy Waters Oyster Bar located at 130 South Highland Avenue in Pittsburgh. You got to call them 412-361-0555. That's 412-361-0555. You know, Muddy Waters now has wings. Remember, takeout. We're doing takeout. Still in a quarantine. We're still ordering takeout. But Muddy Waters now has wings. You've got four different flavors, gang. Nashville hot, garlic parmesan, buffalo style, and bourbon glazed. So you got to try out their wings. Again, call them at 412-361-0555. You can place a to-go order. You can also check out a lot of the delivery apps like Uber Eats, Postmates, etc. You can order, either have it brought to you or call in your order and go and pick it up. And also, do not forget about the crawfish boils on weekends that start at 4 o'clock. You can reserve yours, go down there and pick it up. Absolutely outstanding. Muddy Waters Oyster Bar. You got to just gotta go check it out. Call them. Order some chow. Support local business. Get takeout. Go home and enjoy some of the best food in Pittsburgh. 412-361-0555. That's 412-361-0555. MuddyWatersPGH.com. Or also check them out on Instagram at Muddy Waters PGH. Hey, everybody, here we are, Basement Sports Podcast, another episode, another roundtable. We have our guests with the best Wayne Wagoner, Scott Startari, Duty, of course. I'm Greg Wallace, and how is everybody doing tonight? Wayne, how are you? Great. The sun's out, it's warming up. No complaints. Everything's wonderful. Awesome. Duty. What's going on? This is awesome. I'm not wearing pants. This is perfect. <laughs> I'm glad we're not on video. Scott, what's going on, man? Doing well, man. I'm uh, I'm feeling good these days, Greg. That's good. Good. Glad to hear it. We have a full slate tonight, gang. An absolute full slate. But one, where I wanted to jump off tonight was... The NCAA making a change allowing student athletes to profit from their name, their image, and their likeness. So, Wayne Wagner, I'm going to start out with you. What What are your overall thoughts on this change? Uh, there were some rumblings that this was coming, but what on the surface, what, from what you've read, what do you think? Well, I agree in principle that these athletes – should have the opportunity to make money off their name, image, and likeness. Um, they've been, um, I don't want to use the word exploited, but uh, probably it's not a bad word. Right. Um, over the years, I mean, it's such a money-making proposition for these schools. They put in the equivalent of a, a two full-time jobs in addition to taking classes and see nothing for it. Anyone else, they get jobs. They're not allowed to have jobs i mean they're really stuck a lot of these kids come from poor environments that being said the ncaa wouldn't have touched this with a 10-foot pole 
until California passed legislation. The challenge is going to be how do you enforce it? And it's going to be a nightmare between, you know, the quarterback on the top 10 football team versus the, uh, the, the player on the women's field hockey team. Is there going to be a cap on it? It's just going to be a nightmare to enforce. In principle, I agree with it, but God bless them how they're going to put equity <laughs> into this. Yep. Duty. I think it's going to be a shit show. Um, I agree that when you're a college athlete, you don't have time to get that job in the library that all the other students get. Because you, trust me, I know when you're not practicing, you have designated study time. You have, uh, or you just trying to get your schoolwork completed. It, it's going to be a nightmare to enforce. Uh, same thing Wayne said, but anybody that has a chance to get one over on the NCAA, uh, I favor. I think it is the worst run organization. In the, on the entire planet. We're talking about an organization that says you can give a kid a bagel, but you aren't allowed to give them the cream cheese to spread on the bagel. I mean, it's that ridiculous. Some of the rules they used to have. Um, it's a horrible organization. If you're going to use these players' likenesses, go ahead and pay them. I mean, these kids are getting paid anyway. Let's not, be, let's not think that these kids aren't making money in college. They're all, half of them are getting paid. And I'm not... <laughs> Every university. Um, I'm, so I, I think it's going to be a shit show to enforce. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how they end up doing it. Scott. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Um, I, I, I'm not opposed to it entirely. Um, but there's got to be some provisions in there. And here's what I mean by that. First of all, what is an education worth? I, I would submit to you that some of these folks, you know, the education of Pitt was at $50,000 a year. I don't know what that is. So you have to look at it, in my opinion, like that. Over a four-year period, that's $200,000. So to say an athlete, you know, is not getting compensated for his likeness and that stuff, I would push back a little bit and say, that's about two hundred grand over four years, okay? And the increased salary or money you will make over the next 30 years with that education. I think it's important to mention that. You don't hear that talked about a whole lot. Um, there's gotta be some provisions. One thing I might favor is it goes into some kind of fund, right? It goes into some kind of fund where you can tap into that money later if you graduate or if you do the, it can't be just yes or no. There's just too much involved with it. I think they need something because I'll tell you something that people don't talk about a lot. With FanDuel, with DraftKings, you can in-game bet now. You can in-game bet. And that puts these college kids, especially the kids with the lower economic status, right in the crossfires of the gambler because you could miss a free throw for 500 bucks. You could dribble the ball out of bounds in a basketball game. This is a real problem, the in-game portion of it, Greg. And this is D1. This is D2. It doesn't matter. So in a nutshell, I'm not opposed to it. It's a decent idea. They are getting paid somewhat now anyway. That just puts them some really strict ramifications around it. So you say really strict ramifications. So what are those? Like, how do you control this? Is it like a, a per team cap that, you know, you're, you're, you're a, you're a Clemson, you're an Alabama, you're a Penn state, you're a Michigan state, you're an Ohio state. Every team has this, is it this pool of money that you have that, that gets drawn as people get paid for their likeness? Is there a cap on per player? You can only make X amount per year. Like how, how, 
how how does that go? What would like if you were the grand poobah of the NCAA, where would you start with this? No, I think what their what the original thought was, say Joe Burrows wanted to do a commercial in Louisiana uh, for a car dealership. I thought it'd be for crocodile hunting, but go on. Yeah, anything like that. Um, if he does a commercial, if he want, if you buy his jersey, uh, he gets and he gets twenty bucks of the cut, something like that. I don't, I don't think you can just write a blank check for everybody on the team. Um, I think it's going to be a per player basis, and and I don't know how you cap it. I don't know how you're going to keep track of it. Do they hire somebody on the organization that keeps track of that stuff? I don't know, Scott. Well, you're right, Duty. You can't have a corrupt organization like the NCAA draft up what it's going to look like because the NCAA, although a lot of that money goes to the, you know, goes to the average student that's in there, people's pockets are getting lined by that. So I would have a third party consultant thing come in and try to do that. If you have the NCAA do it, it'll be a cluster, man. It'll just be a total cluster. You want to go, hear go, 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 ahead, go ahead, Wayne. Here's something scary. They're talking about having Congress help them enforce. Oh, what, God. What, how bad can it get? The NCAA <laughs> and Congress. That's what, what they're talking about. What but could go Scott, wrong? Your point about, well, here's the thing. They're afraid of lawsuits. So to your point, Scott, about other athletes in the value of a scholarship, what differentiates that is someone on an academic scholarship can go out and endorse anything they want and no one will control that. That's where, you know, you don't, it's not an even playing field. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, you better have a recognizable face when you do an endorsement, because one of the provisions is you can't wear anything from that school when you're doing an endorsement. So Joe Burrow's doing a car dealership. If he's not recognizable, he's not going to have an LSU tiger shirt on so uh you better be really recognizable uh in order to get any of these endorsements but boy if they bring congress into this to, to duty's point what a shit show and, and and i told greg this privately we were talking about this earlier i can see top schools breaking away from the ncaa once this gets going they did it before with the college football alliance and tv contracts when the ncaa was dictating who could be on um, TV and when and how many times they broke away to force their hand. The only thing the NCAA has holding over all these teams now is the basketball tournament and the money it generates. Otherwise, they don't need them. So, Wayne, let me follow up with you with your comment. Do do the rich get richer with this? Absolutely. It's the way it always works. Why yeah. wouldn't they? Any reason they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, you wait, Wayne. He, he, the Congress is involved. The NCAA. What's what's the matter? The people from Enron. The people from Enron couldn't make it. Yeah. No, the Chinese from Wuhan. The people from Wuhan were not available. They asked Bill Gates, but he's too busy trying to make the virus for the company that owns the virus to end the epidemic, the pandemic. So he's just too busy getting involved in that to get involved in this. There's just no way. Well, it's going well, to be, hang on to your hat. 
it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Cause my, now for me, my biggest concern was that last question is like, do the rich get richer? And it, it's gotta be, you know, there's gotta be some kind of cap where, cause my, here's my biggest fear. You have an Alabama, right? And let's say, and I'm just, you know, I'm kind of talking out of my ass a little bit here, but let's say every player they figure is allowed to make $50,000 a year in endorsements. Let's just say that. Well, you're at Alabama. Nick Saban can promise you and say, hey, man, if you're even the backup snapper, the uh, you know, for punts. You're, 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 <laughs> thanks, duty. If you're yeah. the backup long, oh, let me put it this way. The backup long snapper on punts, all right, you're you're gonna make fifty grand, man. So uh, you know you're you're gonna be my backup uh, slot receiver. You're gonna everybody's gonna make fifty grand. So then I go back to well, maybe every team in the NCAA is gonna have you know your players as a whole are gonna be able to make X amount of dollars, and each player has a limit that they can make. I don't know where they start with this, but with the rich getting richer, if there's no cap on this, holy shit, are the Alabamas and the Oklahomas and the Clemsons of the world going to get richer? Well, because yeah, but that long snapper, people aren't going to know him just by looking I, at I him. understand, but it's like with the amount you, you of— You know where what money's going to come in like the video game. You remember the college football video game? Right. Sure. Gave millions upon millions of dollars. Right. And none of those college players got any of it. It said, for instance, if you were Capaletti for Penn State, you would have halfback 22 as the running back for Penn State on that college video game. Okay. And it totally, you know how much money Madden makes every year? This EB sports game did college football. They literally yanked the college football game out of video games. Because players got mad that they couldn't put their uniform, their names on the uniform. But here's but, making the money. So but, yeah, the rich get richer. There's no doubt. Okay, but here's here's my question, and Wayne, I'm going to go to you next. But here's here's the thing: you're in Alabama. You've got an ungodly number of donors. A lot of them are business owners. So so what if they have the 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 backup long snapper make a commercial? All right, they, they'll, they'll get these guys to come because they'll get them to agree to say, uh, you get this kid in, you get this, you know, this backup kid who's a four-star wide receiver. I, I'll give him, I'll give him money to do spots for us. Wayne, what do you want to, what do you want to say? Well, wait till Title Nine gets a hold of this. Mm -hmm. If all the money's going to the basketball players and the football players, the, the revenue-producing sports don't think that Title Nine's not going to get involved in this. <laughs> try to disperse that money all through the, all the programs. It's just going to be a mess. Right. Right. Scott, did you have something you want to add? Yeah. Yeah. Do real quickly. I mean, I don't want to discount the gambling piece. You know, I watched one of the Mac schools. It was a special on, on, on 60 minutes of one of the Mac schools it was a basketball game and all the kids in the stands had their phones out and they're all on DraftKings or FanDuel and they're all doing inline games who's going to score how many points at halftime who's going to score this those kids are at risk that backup long snapper might be the ninth or tenth kid on that basketball team that is really really vulnerable to the gambling environment so once you start paying people like that like that then all kind of other elements come into it that may, people may not be thinking about yeah 
Well, it's going to be interesting as it moves forward how they, you know, and, and as I said before, if Congress gets involved, what could go wrong? Really? I mean, I <laughs> go ahead, Wayne. <laughs> we, we may be heading for the uh, NFL having to fund a minor league system like baseball and hockey yeah. do and, and maybe coming to basketball because once we cross into this threshold away from amateurism, and I'm not being naive, but it's not professional sports now, um, it may force uh, minor league systems for these kids. But is that a, okay, so I'm going to follow up with that, Wayne. Is that a bad thing? If there was a, so you got a kid, college is not his his or her deal, okay? But they've got the talent. They they just want to go play pro, but because of certain rules, like they can't leap from high school to the pros. You know, would you be against an established minor league system like that where these athletes could go and play for a year or two? I wouldn't, but the hypocrite presidents <laughs> of all these colleges would never want that to happen because you're not going to fill up minor league football stadiums right. for the NFL like you do these college stadiums. And and those hypocrites, do yourself a favor, read Sonny Vaccaro's testimony. I think it was in front of some sort of subcommittee when they were trying to make him look like the bad guy. And he said, it doesn't matter who's doing it. You guys are always going to take the money. And that's the truth. And, and that's the other thing at play here. They try to act like they're all, all high and mighty and, and want to protect the student athlete and the amateurism but they'll never turn this back on the money. Uh, it's going to be, I think that this is going to be a subject that we're going to address several times going down the road. And I can see on my video feed that duty has got himself a beer. He stepped out of his screen to open it. And uh, there we go. There we go. There we go. So you know, duty is duty is on board and putting the alcohol. I forgot down. The rules. And uh, Scott has, some kind of Gatorade or electrolyte beverage, Powerade. There we go. So everybody's on board. I think Mr. Wagoner has a beer, and I've got my uh, my go-to Manhattan. So we're on a roll. Hey, um, Scott's looking for endorsement money. He held that up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, anybody out there listening? We are no. look. We are we are looking for sponsors. We have a sponsor tonight. But uh, but we're always looking for sponsors, so email us at basementsportspodcast at gmail dot com if you're interested, gang. Let's let's move on um, to uh, to Pitt and Penn State. Uh, I I know that uh, this is kind of like hot and heavy recruiting season, and that's all well and good. And we look at the star rankings, which I'm not sure if they're worth the paper that they're written on. Um, you know, I know on the pit side, everybody's excited because Pitt crawled uh, somehow with bloody fingernails into the top 25 of the 2021 recruiting class. So I guess we could look at that as uh, Pitt alums is a good thing. I don't think we're on our way to the college football playoff in my lifetime or even after the uh, sun turns into a dwarf star. But anyway, um, I you know what? I, I'm really, really hoping we have some college football this year. I would even be good if they had to play in front of no fans, just some fans, because uh, I just love college football. I love the competition. So I Wayne, love betting on it. I know you do. So, so Wayne Wagner, though, I am going to start with you. 
Uh, Penn State is consistently in these polls going into this year. Let's prevent, pretend there's no coronavirus out there. Uh, but P Penn State is consistently top five, top ten in the nation. What are you seeing going into this year for the Nittany Lions? You talking about recruiting now? No, no. I, I just I don't want to talk. About, I'm not talking about the team. I mean, we could talk about recruiting, but that's like a lot of it's 2021. But like going into this okay. year, this team that they're going to put on the field this year, what are you seeing? Well, I'm really hoping they play because this is the team that I think can can go a long way. They've got Ohio State at home. They've got um, depth on the offensive line. They've got running backs like you couldn't even uh, wish for more. Um, there's only one real hole in the team right now, and that's a wide receiver. Okay. Um, if they can get some wide receivers, they had some redshirt freshmen. They're hoping to step up. If they can get some play out of the wide receivers, this could be Franklin's best team. So yeah, that was going to be really my question. On paper, is this Franklin's best team? Yeah, I think depth-wise, it is. Greg, they yeah. haven't had a dominant offensive line in a long time. In fact, it's really in my opinion, kept them from making the college football playoffs. They had two double-digit fourth-quarter leads against Ohio State and a double-digit lead against Southern Cal in the Rose Bowl and lost all three games because they couldn't run the football to close out the game. And it was because they just did not have that type of an offensive line. They're building a tremendous offensive line, and their recruiting this year is even building further on it. This could be their year. If they miss out playing this year, Micah Parsons is probably gone. Pat Cryermuth is probably gone. So this is a real window for Penn State to make that next move up. And I'm praying that they have a college football season. Not just for Penn State, sure. but I just love college football. Sure. Duty, you want to add on to that? Uh, he hit it right in the head. The difference of the Penn State this year is they finally decided to get some linemen. Um, every year they had these quarterbacks. Um, that are not pure passers. They're a little bit of both, uh, McSorley. Um, and they never had an offensive line. Going back to poor Hackenberg, oh, my God. He was outstanding as a freshman, and then he was running for his life for three years, and a little David Carr syndrome creeped in. He couldn't hit an open guy. He couldn't hit water if he fell out of boat. He was so afraid of getting hit for three years. <laughs> so for whatever reason, they finally, finally, got offensive linemen recruiting at Penn State. And I think it's going to make a big difference. Um, in the past three years, they you couldn't they didn't pick up a stunt against any top team in the Big Ten in two years. Yeah. They, I don't I still don't think they're gonna beat Ohio State as long as Fields is there. But that's I agree it's at home, but let's not go out on a limb and say they've dominated Ohio State when they were at home. They blocked a field goal to win one game and they sacked a quarterback at another time where they beat them, uh, both low scoring. But the difference is the offensive line and the depth of the offensive line. So if some lineman goes down, they're going to have a kid that can step in. Um, but who's to say Justin Field doesn't sprain his ankle the two weeks before they play Penn State or anything like that could happen. But I, I'm just – I'm excited. I, I agree with him. This is James Franklin's best team on paper. Um, and but like you said, let's just play ball, man. Yeah, I, I live for Saturday noon. Well, duty, let me follow up with you and then I'll go back to Wayne. So let's go to the other side of the football defensively for Penn State. 
what's their defense going to look like this year? Because you know they got they have to stop the Ohio States. They have yeah, to and stop, they couldn't do know, it last year. Yeah. You saw it. One time they did stop them. The freaking guy fumbled going into the end zone. Um, they drove right down the field on him. Look, some play. They have some NFL talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they got a top five player in their linebacker, but their secondary is always going to be, uh, I'm going to say, a step behind some of the elite wide receivers. They, they like to play man-to-man. Sometimes that stupid third and nine, they play man-to-man and they get called for a pass interference call going down the sideline. But um, – their defensive line is always good. They always have defensive ends that can rush the passer. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be the best defense in the Big Ten. As a matter of fact, I think Pitt's defense this year might be better than Penn State's overall. Um, but it's certainly going to keep them in games, and mm-hmm. uh, they're not. It's not going. To, they're not going to get blown out by anybody. Wayne, I'll go back to you. What do, what do you see? Do you differ from anything Duty said regarding Penn State's defense going into this year? Yeah, I don't think Ohio State's a good example. No one stopped Ohio State last year. Um, <laughs> other than other than Ohio State, Penn State had one of the um, best averages against the run. In fact, going into the bowl game, I think they had the best uh, um, you know yards per carry. They need pressure on the quarterback because they don't have the defensive backs that you get at LSU or Alabama or Ohio State, much like the Steelers. When the Steelers don't get pressure on a the quarterback, they suffer. Penn State's the same way. If they get pressure on the quarterback, they can hang in there. I think they probably have some of the best linebackers in the country. They've got a couple kids coming up, Smith and Dixon, highly regarded, a new kid coming in named Jacobs, one of the top linebackers in the country. I think their defense is going to be very good. They're going to be young and hungry. Their safeties are coming back with experience. Castro Fields was hurt last year. He's supposedly healthy. And once again, they're building depth where they had a lot of red shirt and freshmen that played last year. So I'm excited about them all, all the way around. Okay. So this is a way too early um, discussion. I want to stick on Penn State here for a little bit. Um, I'm going to start with you, Wayne Wagoner. Uh, so we're looking at Penn State's schedule for 2020. What what's their what's their record at the end at the end of the 2020 season? I mean, before a bowl or before the playoffs, healthy, you can make it healthy. Healthy, 11 and one. Okay. I think um, they'll lose the home field advantage this year with no fans against Ohio State. Um, 10 and two possibly with losing at Michigan. Although I think they're going to finally beat Michigan in the big house. I'm going to say 11 and one. So you're here's Penn state's wins. According to you, Kent state, Virginia tech, uh, San Jose state, but California totally shut down. So I don't know if that game's even going to happen. Northwestern at Michigan home against Iowa home against Ohio State, at Indiana, at Nebraska, home Michigan State, home Maryland, and at Rutgers. So you think their only loss on the schedule would be Ohio State? Yeah. Okay. Duty, your thoughts on the schedule? I got them 10-2 and two originally. I could see a 9-3. and three. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to go at Virginia Tech the second game of the year. I think that could be a problem. 
Uh, they don't win in the big house. I think that could be another loss. Uh, Ohio State's always tough, so I figure they're going to drop two of those three games, and let's not forget Iowa comes in, and a very, very much improving Indiana and Nebraska squads uh, are both on the road. So I think they could possibly go 9-3, and 10-2. and two. Okay, okay. Uh, so that was Penn State. So Scott and I are going to talk a little bit about Pitt. Scott, your initial thoughts of Pitt going into the 2020 season? My, my initial thought of Pitt, Pitt, Greg, is they're not even in the same class as Penn State. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. And I'm a Pittsburgh guy, right? They're not. And, and, I, and, I, and I will give you my thoughts on their schedule and outcomes, but I want to say this. Where does Pitt win in recruiting? Okay. Um, they don't recruit, recruit very well in Western Pennsylvania. No, you got guys like Chase Winovich. Robert Foster, these, these big-time players that, that lead for other programs, where do they win? They can't go into Ohio that often. They, right. get, they get the max type of athlete, which is a good athlete, right, you know, out of maybe the western Pennsylvania area. If you look at Penn State, New Jersey, New York, Virginia, right. Maryland, they've recruited the year for 20, 30 years, and they get the skilled player. Right. They get the back. Going back to Kurt Warner back in the mid-1980s, they get down in New Jersey. They get that type of kid. If you look at the schedule for this year, I love the way they come out the gate with Miami of Ohio, Marshall, and Richmond, mm-hmm. right? So I right. think you start off three and zero. But at the end of the year, you're talking about six and six. You're you're, wow. you're talking about six and six. My question to the panel is: If you're pissed, what does winning look like to you? Greg, Greg, I'll throw that question out to you. You're the most passionate Pitt fan I know. What does winning look like to you in 2020? What has to happen for you to say they had a good year? Nine wins. With this, de- with, with this defense, nine wins. The biggest question with this team is the, is the, is the offense, okay? I don't have a lot of questions about the de- This defense is – at least on paper, and everything's on paper. But on paper, this defense is top 15, top 20 defense in the nation. All right? Um, Duty, you brought it up. Pitt's defense might even be better than Penn State's defense going into this year. Pitt last year held Penn State in Happy Valley to 17 points. Okay? I think one of their lowest or maybe their the lowest output – for Penn State for the year. So their defense is good. And, and here's here's the thing that, and I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here regarding Narduzzi. Recruiting, yes. And I've, I've seen some signs, but they're recruiting a 2021. They're going into some other areas and, and trying to trying to get some players from some from other areas. They got a kid from Michigan, uh, from the Detroit area. Um, and they picked up some kids from some other areas. They're going out. They've got some good recruiters on the team. But the one thing that people are kind of missing is that Narduzzi had a lot of these guys come back to the defense that could have gone pro. They could have easily gone pro, but they came back for another year. All right? Narduzzi, what was he? Defensive coordinator at Michigan State put together a great defense at Michigan State trying to put together a great defense at Pitt. So I think defensively, this team is really, really good going into the year on paper, barring any injuries, all right? So 
Offensively is the big, big, big question. Kenny Pickett, is he going to do anything this year? All right. With it, now, another year with a returning offensive lineman, they picked up this, um, this, this transfer from Hampton who, you know, you say, okay, Hampton, this kid's a really, really good lineman and has stepped up and he's going to be able to play this year. So if, if, the, if the offense is 25% better than they were last year, I would expect to see a nine-win season out of Pitt. Okay, so, and a bowl game. And a bowl game, yeah. So, so uh, you know, I was talking there, but Wayne, I saw you put your uh, – Wayne, what do you want to add to this? Just a couple things. Um, first of all, I agree with you with their defense. What people are forgetting, their two best defensive linemen were injured last year. Mm. They put together a very good defense without them. Including um, they'll both be back. Right. They'll both be back. Right. Um, so that's huge for Pitt. I think Pitt has two problems, and they've had it for 30 years now. One is they built their program on recruiting Western Pennsylvania. There aren't athletes anymore in Western Pennsylvania. No. I like it no good. Duquesne basketball. No. I'm old enough to remember when Duquesne basketball was good. They built on they it was on local kids. When the local talent went away, Duquesne basketball fell and, and took years to recover. That's number one. Pitt never really expanded their recruiting. On the other hand, West Virginia never had a recruiting base. They had to be innovative, and and they were one of the first schools that went to Florida. The other big thing, and this for Pitt, and I grew up a Pitt fan until I went to Penn State, they need more support from their fans. I These totally kids are trying to recruit. They come into a half-empty stadium. Great. That impresses kids. Th- yep. That's another thing that holds back their recruiting. They don't have the support. They need more support from the fans to get these kids excited, and they've got to find ways to expand their recruiting outside of Western Pennsylvania. I, ag- I agree, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. I don't want to hear this shit from Pitt fans about attending games, okay, and about Pittsburgh being this football town, all right? I remember back a few years ago, Pitt beat Penn State at home in a really exciting football game. The same year, the same year, Pitt goes into Death Valley at Clemson and hands the eventual national champion their only loss of the year. And as a matter of fact, the only loss at home in the last 45 home games. At Clemson, all right, with James Conner, Nathan Peter, Peter, uh, Peterman at, at, at quarterback, that was an exciting football team to watch. I sat in that in Heinz Field with my son, freezing our asses off after the Clemson game, after they had pulled off one of the biggest upsets of the year in college football, and the stadium was half full. That is inexcusable for a football town. Absolutely. Even if you're, look, and here, let me let me give some kudos to some Penn State fans in here. There were Penn State fans in the stands watching that football game because they loved college football. Where in the hell are you, Pitt fans? 
Fran- like Nar- Narduzzi is actually putting together some decent recruiting classes. All right. They've got one of the top defenses in the country coming there. And you have a half empty stadium. Why? You can go up to the gate and buy a ticket and sit in damn near any section you want and watch college football. And the only game on this on this schedule that is going to be sold out this year is Notre Dame. And it might not even be sold out. It will be, but it'll be Notre Dame fans. Thank you. Fifty percent, at least fifty percent of the fans in the damn stadium are going to be Notre Dame, and don't get Wayne Wagoner started on Notre Dame fans. <laughs> well, you know, Greg. Here's the other thing too. I've I've heard from Pitt fans in the past um, about oh well, there's nothing else going on in Penn State. Well, trust oh, me, those hundred thousand people, hundred seven thousand don't live in State College. Yeah. But I love going to Pitt games. It's inexpensive. Right. I've bought season tickets both times Penn State played there. Right. It's inexpensive. They built up the North Shore. It's a great atmosphere. It's tremendous. It's it's inexpensive. You see great college football. I don't get it, and I don't want to hear about it. Will they go to the Steeler game? There's sixty thousand people to go to the Steeler game. The tri-state area. There's almost three million population. If you Thank don't you. have a Steeler season ticket. My God, it's the best bargain in town to see wonderful football. I just don't get it. And give really me don't. and don't give me this bullshit about that Pitt needs an on-campus stadium. Stop right. it with that shit. Because when Pitt Stadium was there, you didn't sell out that stadium. You didn't sell out Pitt Stadium. I was, there's nowhere to put one now. Anyway, no, there isn't. And I sat there and watched Ironhead Hayward run all over Miami Hurricanes when the Hurricanes were incredible, when Michael Irvin was there, all right? And I watched Ironhead Hayward play against them like they were a they were a, uh, a, a junior varsity high school team, and the stadium was half full. Don't give me that shit about an on-campus stadium. I don't want to hear it. I want to see you fill Heinz Field because, to Wayne's point, it's a great atmosphere down there. Wayne and I actually got season tickets a couple of years, went down, took my son. I'll never forget this. My son got his really first experience with really beautiful women because of Wayne and his son at the <laughs> Tilted Kilt before a Virginia Cavaliers game, which actually we had a blast that day. I mean, we had an absolute ball that day. And actually, the stadium was pretty full. There were a lot of Virginia Cavaliers fans there. Pitt pulled out a win, and it was an exciting game. Where in the hell were the Pitt fans? Scott Startari, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. It, it, uh, I'm going to disagree with my, with my good friend Wayne Wagner. Um, Greg, and I might be disagreeing with you as That's well. That's fine. I, lo- I, I love football, okay? Pitt does not play great football, Okay. It depends who comes into that stadium. It's not a compelling game. Let me in push. The, let me push opinion, back. That year that they beat Clemson and Penn State, you can't tell me that that team wasn't entertaining as hell to go watch. That they weren't one of the best offenses in football that year, and that stadium was half full. I, I will give you that year, okay? But I'm talking overall, Greg. It's not compelling football. And the reason I love defense, okay? I do love defense. You got to score points. You, you need skilled players to score points. And what Wayne said is you don't get the skilled player in Western Pennsylvania. 
You don't. They leave. What you get are linebackers, linemen. They're all valuable, but you don't get the skill kids. And you can't recruit in Maryland, New Jersey. You can't recruit down there. To your point about the WPIL, I think there were four kids this year that got big boy D1 scholarships, okay? You got about five or six that went to a MAC school, and you got some FCS kids. That is completely different in the WPIL. These kids are playing lacrosse now. They're playing different. These kids aren't there, the skill kids. And I think you got to score points. you got to score points to have a compelling football game. You can only go to so many nine free games. You can only go to so many nine free games. It may not be the issue with all of Pitt's problems, but I don't find it to be compelling football when I'm there. Go I ahead. Don't. Go ahead, Duty. Here's the deal. Uh, I agree with Scott a lot about that. You know what puts people's asses in the seats? It's winning. You go to Penn State, ask Wayne Wagner. You could lose to Ohio State one week. The next night you're the next I, day you're playing I disagree. Fresno State Tech, and there's still 110,000 people there. I, I uh, okay. Pitt fans Pitt's different. Do Pitt's not different. go because they you can't go. get a 500 no, football team. I'll go back to the 1970s. I'll go back to the Dan Marino days when they were winning 10 games a year. That stadium wasn't sold out. It wasn't. Well, it okay, wasn't. So okay, I'll go back. I'll go back. Case, far. If that's the case, then they like so that that destroys two arguments. That destroys well, no, the it doesn't destroy any argument. argument. No, it destroys the if on that's campus the case, argument. You can't expect people to go now. They're not going to go. That, like, and the thing is, I love college football. My son loves to go watch college football. Okay, I would go watch Lehigh. I go down here in Greensburg and watch Seton Hill play it off at field. All right, I love college football. Well, okay, whatever. You, well, that's fine. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, Pitt fans that are on Twitter, don't be calling out Penn State fans for being delusional. Delusional because you're just as delusional. You're a freaking hypocrite. Okay. Because nobody I wants will, to watch a low-scoring game, and nobody wants to watch a coach that I, doesn't go for it on fourth and one at the you. one. Against the team, you should win. Thank you. You're in Penn State. You've got nothing to lose. This is the last game. This is the last game of a four-game series, okay? The last game of a four-game series. And I don't give a shit whether the series continues or not. I really don't care. But you know what? What the hell do you have? Do you actually think that Pitt's going to the college football playoff at that point? Hell no. You you that year last year you barely beat Delaware for God's sake that had a losing record last year at home. Okay, I thought it was a great call. Yeah, me too. Of course you did. Of course you did. I love the call. But you know what? This is why I respect you, Wayne Wagner. Wayne Wagner. <laughs> after that game, after you know, and look, I thought Pitt played their hearts out. I I, I really really did. did. I thought the players played. He called me and he was in the stands. And Wayne calls me and says, Greg, you as a Pitt fan have nothing to be ashamed of. Those kids played an inspired football game. And they did. But you know what? That doesn't carry over. Was that a freaking inspired football game that they played against Miami of Florida that they should have blown out of the stadium? No. Was that an inspired football game that they played against Boston College that they should have blown out of the stadium? No, it wasn't. Back to talent. But thank sometimes you. talent wins. Scott, I'm sorry. I kind of cut you off there. I want I want you to continue. No, I, I, I love the debate. I mean, I, I'm not going to fault the kids' efforts down a pit. I mean, I watch them, them on TV. I watch Pitt on TV. I'm, I'm a hometown guy. I like to do that. 
it's just they they don't have the skill kids you know they have a couple kids i mean you have james connor and you have people like that i'm not going to say ever no. i'm saying to compete with the big boys you got to bring speed in you got to bring that athletic kid they can't keep that kid home they, that kid's going to michigan that kid's going to ohio State. they can't keep him home greg they've they've got to find a better and even if they could all get all the wpil kids there are not many of them florida they got to go to florida they got to go to Florida. Right. They got to get into that Eastern Richmond, Maryland area down there. They have to get in there, and it's tough because Penn State's got a stranglehold on that, and they've had it since 1975. I got, I got, I got to give Narduzzi some credit, at least with this 2021 recruiting class going in. He he got a kid from Georgia, got a kid from Michigan, got a kid from Florida, he got a kid from Florida. They they he has a coaching staff that can recruit. Okay. So look, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm a I'm a realist as a Pitt fan. I'm freaking happy to see him make a bowl game. All right, at this point, I'm happy to see him make a bowl game. If they have a year when they win the coastal, and the coastal, let's face it, in the ACC is pretty damn weak. I'm happy with that. I'll wear the T-shirt, coastal conference champions. Happy to. But you know what? Narduzzi, I'd when, buy it for you. When the Michigan, <laughs> you're an ass. When the Michigan, when the Michigan State job opened up, I got to give Narduzzi credit. He didn't even blink. He was like, no. Well, a, they didn't want not. him. Well, and no, B, they no. That's bullshit. Don't give me that they shit. Don't, they, they don't did, want Narduzzi. They, they did want him. No, they did. Yes, I will disagree with you till the cows come home on that. And, because, and I, no, that's fine because nobody wants Narduzzi. No, no duty. Um, when I talk to some pit, why, when Scott I talk to some pit insiders, which I know because I worked in the athletic department, they did want Narduzzi. They did no. inquire about Narduzzi, and Narduzzi didn't answer the phone. So I'm telling you that right now. He's probably drunk from watching the okay. Penn State. Okay, okay. Now you're going off the rails. <laughs> So, uh, the reason Scott's point is about not having the, the skill positions, Pitt can't score unless they go on a 14-play drive. They don't score in two plays. I don't like Kenny Pickett. I'm, I'll just say it right now. I'm not a Kenny Pickett fan. You know how I'm I not. feel about him. No, but I, I, you know what? I like the kid that they got transfer from, from uh, Arizona State. You know, I, I, li- I like the fact that Narduzzi's getting some transfers to hold to fill the holes, okay? But look, being a Pitt fan is being is 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 an exercise in futility. All right, the four game series against Penn State, I am freaking ecstatic that Pitt won one game, one. I'm as happier than a pig in shit that we won took one game out of that series. And you know what? We made the game at Happy Valley last year really interesting. I'm happy with it. And it was we can... a very good screen pass every time it was third and 11. And you know what? That's fine. It was it 17 to 10. Go ahead, Wayne. The screen worked. It worked. That's right. It worked because Penn State played the same defense on all... every time it was third and 11. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. Go Part ahead. <laughs> Narduzzi is a great defensive coach, man. The guy knows how to scheme, and he knows how to recruit defense. I would submit to you, it is easier to recruit defensive kids because you recruit athletes at that point in time, and you put them in schemes. You recruit athletes, 
You put a good scheme around, and that's what you do. He's a tremendous defensive coordinator. I have some real doubts about what he can accomplish on the offensive side of the ball. I really do. And recruiting aside, I don't see a whole lot of creativity there at all in the game. Scott, then let me follow up with you. This is now the second year in a row they're going to have the same offensive coordinator in a long time. Does that help? I think it can. Um, I think it can if you got the right skill kids. I mean, I'm looking at that schedule, Greg, and you're saying nine wins, and I'm not seeing where you're getting those nine wins. I'll, and I'm even giving you the first three with Miami of Ohio, Marshall, and Richmond. Two of those three are home. I'm giving you three. I'll I give don't you, see I'll give six you more on there. Duke? Okay, so you got four. The first four, I get, I'm, I'm taking Duke. Okay, 4-0. Oh. Okay. I see a win at Georgia Tech. I see a win against Virginia Tech. I see a win against Virginia. I see a win against Syracuse. And here's my ninth. Either North Carolina or Notre Dame at home. Oh, yeah, Wow. I do, because <laughs> that's a lot of okay, wide receivers. Okay, now, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Pitt has a really, really good record against Notre Dame at home. They have a track record of beating Notre Dame at home. I sat in that stadium with Wayne Wagner watching Billy Stahl shred Notre Dame and Charlie Weiss one night. Pitt has a tendency of beating Notre Dame at home. So that's where my possibly ninth win could come. Okay. More Notre Dame than North Carolina. That's where I'm at. I need some of your drink. That's fine. I've got plenty. <laughs> I got plenty. The liquor the liquor store answered my phone call. <laughs> Damn. The, the only thing I would disagree with that, Greg, sure. is every toss up game you're going to Pitt's gonna win every one of them. I don't see that happening. I'm I think yeah, I can wins see maybe eight. I can see your point. And look, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to say this something about Wayne Wagner. Wayne Wagner is a Penn State season ticket holder. But he is the most fair college football fan I have ever talked to. Yeah, except ever, for Michigan. Except for Michigan. Uh, <laughs> so, I really, this guy knows more about, he has forgotten more about college football than I will ever know. So, you know, well, here's I, my that's last comment on your Pitt Panthers. That's all can't run the wide receiver sweep enough well, well, times in one year to win nine games. Well, wait a minute. I, I, look, Matt Canada isn't the offensive coordinator anymore, and we acknowledge that, that last year play. that lo- we acknowledge that last year Pitt could not run the football. That's what killed right. Pitt. Like they could not well, run the and football. That's unusual. The year before, the year before with Quadri Olison. They, they ran all over everybody. I remember watching that Virginia Tech game, and it was a slaughter, and they barely threw the football. They right. ran all over that team. So they've got to get, with the establishment of the run, another year with this offensive line, this, tran- this transfers that they got, hopefully Pitt would be, as a Pitt fan, Pitt would be able to run the football a little bit better. My God, right, have so we stayed on this So I'm going to ask you topic. one final question. We have about stayed Pitt. on this topic forever. Go ahead, dude. All right. I'm going to ask you one question. You like the quarterback transfer coming in. Yeah. Yellow. From Arizona State. Yeah, I, I, he, was I, I, big time, he was a good big-time recruit. Who yeah. starts? Pickett or him? Well, Pickett's going to start. But there you I go. don't but, – but, whoa, 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 whoa. Yellen's not he, – he can't play this year. He's got to sit out a year. 
He didn't qualify to play this year. So I'm talking about like okay. the following year. Okay. Pickett's yeah, going to play. No, no. He'd be starting <laughs> at Ohio State. Yeah. Thank you, Wade. Thank, Thank you, you for that. <laughs> we were going to have a topic tonight, ladies and gentlemen, about the worst, the most hypocritical college football fan base in the world but we're gonna have to hold that for another podcast because that would be a really interesting topic but but, but let's let's move on a little bit and we're gonna switch over to baseball because this was a topic that duty brought up and he i remember the text major league baseball is broken i'm gonna hand it over to duty you said Major League Baseball is broken. How do we fix it? So you have the floor, my friend. Go for it. I, I don't know how to fix it. Um, the umpire's broken. But how, wait, wait, start here. How is it broken? Explain it. How is Major League Baseball broken? Uh, they've been trying for years to speed up the game. They think that's the reason Major League Baseball is losing attendance every year, okay? All right. Who, who's the reason these games are longer? I'll tell you who it is. The rule book hasn't changed since Adner Doubleday invented the game. Major League umpires took it upon themselves yeah. to change the strike zone so they all have a different strike zone. It's not the knees to the chest, to the bottom of the letters. It's none of that anymore. It is a shoebox. And these hitters just take, they don't swing. They take pitches, they take pitches, they take pitches until you have to throw a ball right down the middle of the plate. They step out after every pitch to adjust their batting gloves. What about you know adjust, what? adjusting their They made their rules cut. that adjust, you can't do that anymore. Adjusting they their don't sack. enforce them. <laughs> they don't enforce them. None yeah. of that stuff works. Okay. The game's broke. Nobody cares. Let them eat steroids and go back to home run derby. That's the only way you're going to fix it. I want to see another Sammy Sosa, Sosa, Mark McGuire, home run derby where they're so roided up. <laughs> if they run around the bases, they can barely stand up Scott, after a home run. It's the game. I am the biggest baseball lover on the planet. Yes, you are. I cannot watch a nine-inning baseball game anymore, Scott, especially a team like the Pirates. But as you know, I'm a Phillies fan yeah, who actually can possibly score runs once in a while. Must be but I can't devote four, disorder. three and a half, four hours a night. I can't do it. Scott Startari. Baseball is not broken. Major League Baseball is broken. Baseball is not broken. Like like a lot of other folks, we played baseball since I you know six years old. I was good enough to play in college. I wasn't a great player, but I was good enough to play in college. The game is awesome. It's awesome. Major League Baseball is absolutely broken. The Houston Astros did a hell of a job trying to break the game itself, right? <laughs> and they came close because when you lose the integrity like that, there are a bunch of asses down there. For all the wrong reasons, they won that World it Series. It could be a Black Sox scandal. Hey, when, let, let me give you a couple of statistics. Local TV revenue is enormous in baseball. In football, it's not because they all share in that $16 billion or it's about, it's about $9 billion TV market. They share in it. Baseball does not. The local TV revenues, they determine everything. The Los Angeles Dodgers have a $200 million local TV contract. The uh, New York Yankees are over $150 million TV contract. Pirates, Pittsburgh Pirates, $40 million, if that. And here's the deal. They say, well, you have the luxury tax in there. Forget about it. 
You know what the luxury tax does? It helps put money in the pockets of owners like Bob Nutty. They yep. don't spend that luxury tax, and they hide it by talking about the investments that they make in the Latin ball player in their training program. The minor league down. complex. It's bullshit, okay? And it cannot be fixed. It, 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 it cannot be. Yeah, go to Seven Springs and see what the inside of those rooms look like. You can't even open a drawer because the knob comes off, okay? The guy doesn't want to win. It's broken. It's just not a Bob Nutting problem, man. It's a baseball problem. Yep. It's, 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 a, it's a greed problem. Look at one more point, and I'll turn the mic over, Greg. Yeah. 104,000 people live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Eight, eight million live in New York City. All right. Yet. Those two are on equal grounds as it relates to competing. Green Bay can crush the Giants or the New York team because of the sharing of the revenue and the salary cap. You don't have that in baseball. 104,000 people in Green Bay, 8 million. You can compete. That's how you, that's how you make a compelling game. The game of Major League Baseball is freaking doomed, and it kills me because I love the sport. Wayne Wagoner. I agree with everything Scott and Dewey said, but I think it even goes further. To me, it's the length of the game. Even if the competition is skewed the way it's been for decades, the length of the game, I, I'm with Dewey. I can't watch a game. I would take my grandson to go to the, you know, um, PNC Park, probably one of the one or two, three most beautiful places to watch a baseball game. I was ready to leave. I mean, it just drags on and on. And the, and the Tony La Russa, righty has to face a righty, lefty has to face a lefty. The analytics, the pitch count. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's taken all the purity and all the artistry out of the game. They've just overanalyzed it. They've lengthened it. And, you know, you want to cut the length of the game have less time in between innings that'll never happen because that's when the commercials run they're chasing everybody away and the young kids it's too slow it's doomed unless they make major major changes it's doomed as i i will readily admit baseball is not my top favorite sport it goes football Hockey, baseball, okay? People have seen my posts on Twitter. I despise Bob Nutting. And by the way, I'm going to give the guy another plug. The The guy who runs the not Bob Nutting Twitter handle is a freaking <laughs> genius. Yeah, he's funny. If you're not following that guy on Twitter, you need to follow him this instant. He is hysterical, Okay. Talking about if I think he posted something like if Major League Baseball, since they canceled opening day, he would vote to have opening day anyway. And he would show porn on the Jumbotron. <laughs> just, just, it was his and, and charge people to come and see charge it. people to come and watch it. <laughs> I hey, mean, it's let's it, give him credit, though. Let's give credit where credit's due. He's a great businessman great businessman horrible owner yeah great businessman there's no guarantee him spending more money on the payroll is going to win and even if he wins what does that do to his bottom line 
Yeah. He's the the value of that franchise from when he took it over. Um, he's a great businessman, and all more power to him. The only problem I have with that is then build your own damn stadium. Don't take taxpayers' money. Thank you. And place for free in a stadium. That takes it all. All bets are off with that. But as a businessman. He's doing what's so, best for Bob Nutting. So let's talk about this then, Wayne. Okay, so he's doing what's best for Bob Nutting. Is that a product based on the structure of Major League Baseball itself? That he, a yes. guy can step in, and this is the shit he can get away with. There's no salary. There's not even a salary floor. Okay, let alone God a hit salary it on the head with this cat. Bat. Right. Right. But Greg, the Harlem Globetrotters need the Washington Nationals. <laughs> the Generals. General. The Generals, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, Generals. Well, you know the, what I'm saying? Yeah. You need those teams to lose to the Yankees and, but, and the, the Dodgers but, and the Cubs. Right? So, so okay, okay. So let's look at the structure that Major League Baseball is right now. All right. The Milwaukee Brewers. All right. Are, are they a bigger market than the Pirates? Are they pulling in more revenue, cable revenue than the Pirates? Yes. Yes, they are. How much? How they're, much they're, more? They're about even. Okay. About even. Yeah, I think they're about even. But guess what? Their owner invests in them and wants to try to win. Scott, you got your arms wide open. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. That their owner is not fleecing the people of the region in which they live in. He's playing on the emotions of people to just come to that ballpark to make his money. And Wayne, I'm not going to say he's a great businessman. I'll say he's a businessman. He's a businessman. I don't. I don't think his tactics are fair in the market that he's working in. I just don't believe that, man. The guy is taking the rules of baseball putting the money in his pocket, making it difficult for a family to get on there and watch that game with no chance of ever competing on the grand scale of baseball. He, he's in. fleecing people. He has for years fleeced people. I would rather go down to Washington, Pennsylvania and watch a Wild Things, a independent league baseball game, than go down to that stadium on the North Shore Wayne, which is a beautiful stadium. <laughs> It might be the nicest one in the major leagues. It's gorgeous. Michael Keaton said it the day he was invited by Bob Nutting to throw out the first pitch. And Michael Keaton had enough balls to tell the people, this is only going to change when you quit coming and putting money in his pocket. And I happened to talk to his brothers, Michael Keaton's brothers about that. And it was not a very comfortable time in the private box after Michael's press conference, but he hit the nail on the head. Yeah. But people will come. They come for the entertainment value. And as long as the pirates have a contract with Zambelli fireworks, they'll get their occasional <laughs> sell up. And it is the nicest yeah. park in the major I, league. I agree. Scott, go ahead. They're, they're not going as much Wayne. I mean, they're not going as much. No, they're not. They have no. the lowest payroll in Major League Baseballs in the last six years, okay? You watch. I don't even know what will happen this year. My personal thing is disband it, come back next springtime. That's what I want them to do. I won't watch any Major League Baseball if it's there, period. 
from a guy who loves the game. I'm second to duty. I'll give duty number one in the world. I'll take number two, but I won't watch that stuff. I won't watch it. Um, he's pleasing Last people. Year. I don't want to be a. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm with you, Scott. I quit getting tickets, but here's the thing. Last year, 2019, was the year where attendance did not affect profit. You could still make a profit right. without one person walking through the turnstile. Right. So right. he's still he's Major not making League as baseball much. Is broke. Okay, yeah, so yeah. He's wait, not making as much, but he doesn't even need people anymore. And don't tell me. Don't tell me about the passion of fans, because Wayne Wagner, I want you to comment on this. The atmosphere of that wild card game against the Reds. Give us a couple of minutes and talking about, you had told me about that atmosphere, what it was like to be in that park that night. Just Could you describe on the podcast what it was like being in that park that night? Well, there's a lot of hyperbole about atmospheres being electric. That was electric. And that came from people that have been to every major sporting event, writers and broadcasters in the city of Pittsburgh. I haven't been to the Super Bowls, the Stanley Cup, seven games like they have. I've been to big Penn State football games, some, you know, um, uh, playoff games when the Pirates were decent. It was unbelievable. And it was from the first from the time people walked in the stadium till they left, there were no lines at the rest at the restrooms. There was no one buying any food. No one left their seats, and we got very, very lucky in the lottery. And we sat right in front of the Pirates' families that night. Mrs. McCutcheon sat directly be- behind my daughter. It was the most unbelievable atmosphere I was ever at for that one game. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. This is a a passionate fan base, and I think my bottom line, the Pirates fans are being cheated by having an owner that they have. Bottom line. I think Bob Nutting is a piece of garbage. I'm sorry. And he does and that. people he, keep going. And they keep going because, to your point, Duty, it's the most gorgeous ballpark in baseball. I've and been, you can get a seat because nobody, thank they you. don't think anybody's going to be there. I've been to Wrigley Field. I've been, you know, I've been to Dodger Stadium. Boston. Been to Fenway. Pen, PNC Park outpaces them. Sorry. It does. Nutting is profiting off of the beauty of his park. And, and, and Wayne and I have had this conversation. Not his park. Not his park. The taxpayer's, taxpayer's park. park. But, but, but the thing is. Like, why do they have to put up nets, especially at Pansy Park? Because nine-tenths of the people in the frickin' park aren't paying attention to the game. They're not well, watching the game. Well, the good thing is, it may, it may be uh, meet the uh, Center for Disease Control crowd uh, <laughs> maximum. We may be able to go see the Pirates in the only city in the country. But, you know, here's their biggest thing. People have lost their passion. They've hit apathy. That's yeah. the worst thing. They're still doing okay as long as we're pissed at them. No, I don't even care. Yeah, no. I don't care what they do. Yeah, I can tell you that on three occasions last year, I went to a pirate game and I never went in the stadium because of the atmosphere of the bars around it, in the river walk, 
But all we did was go around in a beautiful evening. The games were on all the bars. We never even went in a stadium. We went down there and just had a good time around the stadium. None of us even gave a shit to watch a pitch. Yeah. Scott, do you want to wrap up this segment? Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, it's it's just a pipe dream. If anybody thinks that the Pittsburgh Pirates are ever going to compete consistently again, it's it's just a pipe dream, and the owner could care less what you think. Mm-hmm. All right. So you guys, can you hang on for a little bit? We can get to our last topic of the night. I mean, it's, sure. look, we're podcasting. It, there's no real time limit, so we can just hurry up. I told you, I'm not wearing pants, and my legs are getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, you need a haircut. <laughs> yeah. So I need a hair. I need a self haircut. So, sports are restarting. Uh, a lot of the talk over the weekend, and I'm not sure how many fans of it we have out there, is the UFC had an event. Uh, over the weekend, um, pretty good numbers as far as pay-per-view were concerned. It was on ESPN plus, um, you know, it was well controlled apparently from everything that you read and hear as far as testing, etc. So UFC has started, um, you know, I, I'm kind of a mild UFC fan. I watched the results. I didn't pay for the pay-per-view but I watched the results the next day and you hear like some of these European soccer leagues are restarting. Um, there's talk about how the NBA start. There's talk about how baseball will start and God, we could get into a whole other topic about baseball and the fight already between the owners and the players. Um, where do you see this going as far as restarting sports? Do you see a restarting of sports without fans do you see like an uh, you know an eventual letting in of like 25 percent of the fans duty i'm going to start with you on this where do you see this going i I don't know honestly because i think it could be done and i think it could be done if people were smart but we all know people aren't smart if the 70 (laughs) percent of the population they pick the right 70 percent and wipe them out it would be a good thing for the country oh my god we're idiots um, if you sold a seat, every, so every seat that you sold were 10 seats away from somebody else, upper deck, lower deck, skipped every row. Yeah, that would work, but you know, it's not going to, people aren't going to do it. They're going to move down. You'll see two guys in the outfield talking to each other, drunk, right? Face to face, arm to arm. Um, I think you have to do it without fans. I think that would work. The problem is going to be are certain sports where let's just say they want to finish the hockey season that means they're going to sequester these players in an arena or a hotel or wherever they're going to do it for weeks at a time and they're not going to see their families and they're not going to do this they're not going to sleep in their own bed i don't see it happening i think we just need to hit the pause button start next year on everything i know that's a problem with student athletes but Wait till we get everybody can be tested before the season starts. And then if you have to run the next year's season, start right back up for the following season, even if you can do it this year, if it gets late in the year. I I don't see it happening. I, 
I would watch if I don't need to go to a game to enjoy a hockey game on TV. I don't watch fans anyway. I think it would hurt the 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 teams that live off the momentum. Uh, I've been to a Penguin game. It's crazy. The atmosphere is crazy. And like Wayne said, Penn State football crazy. It's not going to be the same if there's nobody in the stands. I don't think they should do it. I'm I'm all for just waiting until we get a vaccine. Scott Startari. Yeah, I I I think that the fans will go. I think people are fed up with the COVID, whether it's, you know, theory or whether it's whatever it is, if you, whatever side of that you're on, okay, um, the fans are going to go to those games. They'll have to turn the fans away. If they want to, if they, that, that'll be the problem. That's not a problem to the NFL. They don't, they don't mind that. They want people in there. Here's what I see happening, though. You have 52 or 53 people on each NFL roster. That's not counting practice squad people. That's not counting those people. All that has to happen is one of those guys to get coronavirus. If one of the 53 gets it, which most likely will happen, what do you do? Do you, if you play three games and week four is coming up, do you not play week four? Do you play, but you don't know who was exposed. You don't know who's asymptomatic. The season can't make its way through. If you look recently in the uh, in the in the uh, on the on uh, the local news, the Pittsburgh Penguins just furloughed most of their employees for four months. That doesn't sound to me like a sport <laughs> that's getting ready to open. It doesn't. They furloughed, I think, 70, 80 percent of their employees, but a very difficult decision by their by their president CEO. I think they see the same challenges to duty's point until there's a vaccine. You can't be sure you can even play the next week. I think the chances of having somebody come down with Corona are far greater than the chances of somebody not coming. Then the whole thing shuts down. Yep. yep. Wayne Wagner. I think they're going to try to play because of money with no fans in the, in the stadiums. I think, because of the numbers, even though 50-some sounds high, they can control that. They can take their temperature, test them. They can try to keep that under control and quarantine them. I think the bigger fear is if they had fans in the um, stands, they're going to not have fans. Um, and, and I think they're going to try to start, and it might shut back down again. That's going to be the, the big um, question whether they can sustain it once they get back up and running but there's too much money at stake and psychologically people need a diversion people need sports they need something they're done watching netflix the weather's <laughs> going to get better people are going to start being more uh, you know loose with the uh, requirements and i got to tell you personally if they let me in beaver stadium if i get to wait in line to have my temperature taken and wear a fucking mask for three hours, I'm not going. I'll watch no. it on TV. Nope, I'm with you. Well, um, not only did an hour go by quickly, but an hour and 15 minutes went by quickly. And this was a blast, and I appreciate you guys being willing to hear my rant. And duty knows that I tend to go on those at times. Last... I must have missed it. I didn't see it. <laughs> Last thoughts, last comment on you know you know what Wayne, Wayne, we we, dude you, you've been a Penn State fan forever. 
Do you have any good, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot here and this could wait till another podcast, but do you have a good <laughs> Penn State road trip story that you could tell us? Like sports related. That I can tell you. Well, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you a good one though. It's the true yeah, story. Yeah, tell, tell us. When Let's hear it. 1983 um, kickoff classic after Penn State won their first national title. All right. We played Nebraska in the Meadowlands, and Penn State was just getting their asses kicked. We kept they had beer. They served beer there. I kept going back to get beers. I was walking past. We happened to be. You'd have to walk up the aisle past the private box. Okay. This private box was filled with people. There was a girl standing there. And she just kept shaking her head every time. Like, again, again, you know. <laughs> we were just getting drunk because we were losing. And um, finally, she invited me into the box. So I go around. She opens the door. There's a state trooper there. She invites me in. All the booze was free. Food was free. It was the governor of Nebraska's box, Bob Carey. <laughs> and at the time, he was dating Deborah Winger. Oh so I was I was half in a bag. My three buddies didn't know where the hell I was. So I finally said to her, hey, my friends don't know where I'm at. She said, well, you can invite them in. So I get their attention. When they walk up for a beer, they all come in. We ended up leaving a private box at 2.30 in the morning. I remember talking to Governor Carey. And I said, I don't know much about your politics, but you have good uh, taste in women. And he says, come on over. I'll introduce you to Debbie. So he takes me over and introduces me to Deborah Winger. So that was a, that was one one of my road trip stories that I can tell. That's a good one. That is awesome. Way to, good way to end it. That's a great yep. story. Scott Startari, any final thoughts? The only thing is, man, I mean, we, we love to go down and have a good time at those games. So if the NFL finds a way to have these games and they play them, we may not even go into the game, but I will tell you, we were going to get on and party, man. We're going to get on and we're going to be in red lock five and we're going to tailgate and we're going to have a good time right there in Wayne and duty. If you come down, you won't even have to wear a mask. Yeah. I can <laughs> tell you right now, you want to talk about an epic, epic pregame. You need to go to Startari's tailgate best the food the absolute food we took our dog one time down there we took <laughs> lou to one of his yeah. tailgates and ended up sitting in a guy's chair that wasn't part of our tailgate i so remember good, i remember one time this was a okay scott real quick if i recall it was the year the Steelers won the Super Bowl against the Cardinals, it was the home opener against the Titans, I believe. It was it was warm. It was warm. And a friend of ours came down and made the most ungodly Bloody Marys. Oh yeah. Ever. Oh yeah. With all the fixings. Yeah. I mean, there oh, yeah. was Every kind of meat, protein, and shrimp, Bacon, and shrimp, veggie, and it was unreal. Scott, you remember that? Buffalo mozzarella, <laughs> shrimp, red peppers, gold peppers. Yeah, it was a meal, man. Bacon. It was a meal, and they were phenomenal Bloody Marys. I always refer to that day was the best Bloody Mary I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. 
I will agree. Well, hey, I, well, <laughs> I haven't checked lately, but is Scott Tailgate the, still the only Michelin four-star tailgate in the city of Pittsburgh? I believe it yeah. is. I've By heard far. that. We've heard that. And we'll we'll if have you're listening to... out there. If you're listening out there and you you want to stop down, we we take all comers. Well, we'll have to save this story for another podcast. But I remember. Wayne Wagoner and I, the only two tailgaters left behind to help Scott and his beautiful wife tear down their tailgate in the middle of a raging thunderstorm before a night game against the Ravens. But we'll oh, yeah. Oh, James Harrison. That James That's Harrison James. night. Yeah, we'll have to tell that story some night. But, hey, uh, great time again, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Had a ball. We've got some interviews lined up coming down the road. Um, by all means, again, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You'll find the podcast. You will find updates on Facebook. You will find updates on Twitter. Uh, also, please send us an email, www. Um, no, it's not www, but it's actually basement sports podcast at gmail.com. That's basement sports podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know your thoughts. If you're a guest that's listening, for God's sake, reach out. Tell us you'd love to come on the podcast because guess what? We'd love to have you. So until next time, thank you for stopping by.